Your yard look amazing during the colder months ahead. Order at EnviroMulchOnline.com. Go Tigers. Needing to rent a mini excavator like a Bobcat E32, a skid steer, or wood chipper? Or maybe a smaller tool like a pressure washer, jackhammer, or compactor? McNeely Store and Rental has got you covered. Clemson alumni-owned renting equipment and selling materials for more than 30 years. We also sell septic materials, ADS drainage products, concrete boxes, real stone veneers, and more. With two upstate South Carolina locations in Clemson and West Union, McNeelyStoreandRental.com. Or call Matt for a quote today, 828-553-4338. A Clemson original, the Tiger Sports Shop has been the number one destination for Tiger gear, apparel, and gifts since 1974. The Tiger Sports Shop helps you wear your Clemson pride on your sleeves. We are your excuse for a visit to Clemson. The Tiger Sports Shop, born out of necessity, fueled by passion. We are the place for all Clemson gear and merchandise and still family run. Open 24-7 at TigerSports.com and with locations at 364 College Ave and 1102 Tiger Boulevard. You can get the gear you need. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone, America's number one brakes destination. We have the pads, rotors, drums, shoes, and brake fluids to improve your stopping power. Right now, save 15% when you get any two Duralast rotors with a set of Duralast brake pads. Missing a tool? Ask about our free loan a tool program and borrow the tools you need to get the job done. Get in zone, AutoZone. Claim based on data from the MPD Group 2021. Deposit required for a loan tool. Hello, Tiger fans. This is James Hill, Executive Director of Clemson Downs. We want to wish Coach Backage and the Clemson baseball team a great opening game and a winning season. Clemson Downs is a continuing care retirement community offering independent living, assisted living, memory care, and skilled nursing care. For more information, contact us at 864-654-1155 or go to ClemsonDowns.com. Go Tigers! Out of bounds on the roar. Who do you play for? Play for the United States of America. After 35 long years, Clemson has been waiting 35 years. It's finally coming home, baby! It's coming home! You are looking live. Clemson Memorial Stadium in Clemson, South Carolina, where the game of the weekend is about to unfold. Calma, regresa al backfield. De John Watson, pase, touchdown! Touchdown! Clemson! Clemson! Con un segundo! Nice work, everyone. Sharp broadcast. Really good. Everyone on the floor as well. Really a lot of hustle. I liked it. How great is this? This this could be the final play of the college season, perhaps, if Clemson gets a touchdown to win it. If Bama can hold him out, perhaps a field goal attempt for overtime. Watson. Touchdown! Hunter Renfro. Little man makes another enormous play. And Clemson runs out of the field and celebrates. They come to California and strike gold. And now, William Qualkenbush and Ben Milstead with Out of Bounds on the Roar. Welcome in. Glad to have you with us. We are live on the Roar on a Thursday, February 16th, 2023. Thanks so much for joining us here on Out of Bounds. William Quaggenbush and Ben Milstead, we are live inside the Upcountry Fiber Studios slash uh, also at the Thesis Hotel. 
I think is the name of this one in Miami. Um, the emphasis on the E on the logo. So, uh, Ben, I know what the word thesis is like, but the way it was written, I was like, what is the sis? Uh, I had no idea, but uh, thesis is the name of the hotel. I did have to double check that this morning. Uh, it is, and I'm not trying to brag, but it is 80 degrees, and there is a little breeze, and no one was wearing anything but, like, T-shirts and shorts. Uh, we went to get coffee this morning, and it's just a delightful day here in Miami for some uh, women's basketball. Ben Milstead, uh, how are you, sir? I haven't spoken to you on purpose prior to the show, <laughs> and that is why, because he leads off telling me that he's in Miami it's 80 degrees. I am looking at photos of the hotel you are in as we speak. I am jealous. I am bitter. I am angry. And I hope you have a great day. I hope you have a great day. <laughs> that I'm, uh, I can't see your face, but I'm imagining your face right okay. now. And it's, it's basically what happens when the, uh, when the Mr. Potato Head, when you get the frowny eyes, uh, but you're saying nice things. That, did, that's what that's what I'm that's what I'm going. You for, nailed yeah. it. I did not see you at the basketball game last night, and you know I thought, well, that's a little bit odd. I forgot that you were in Miami today, and so <laughs> as I am walking from the office into the studio, I detour and go and I look in the parking lot, and I say to John Height, "Has anybody seen my co-host?" <laughs> he said, "Yes, he's sitting on a beach in Miami," <laughs> and so I am not angry whatsoever. Um, not at all. How are you today? Every uh, Get there fine, having a good day. Of course you are. You went every, for you coffee know, in Miami. Ev everything was good. Every, everything's good. I had a great uh, vanilla latte uh, from this oh, place brother. about a half mile away. Uh, the folks at Shake Shack were delighted. Like half the team went there last night. I got to be honest, Ben. Uh, some of the, um, I had the saltiest food I've ever had in my life. The fajita veggies on my chipotle that I had last week and the food at this hotel is, is rivaling it. Uh, we're, we're getting real close. So a lot of the team went to Shake Shack. They, they begged us to come back. Um, that, because like athletes there, they just spend a lot of money. And, um, and so the coffee shop's like right there. And so, you know, we're just befriending the locals, having a, having a great old time. Uh, the the flight was great. Let me let me ask you this. This is a by the way. Uh, shout out to Omaha Hank listening from Omaha. He says it's 19 and snowing, six inches on the ground already, and uh, so he's mad at me too. So the text line uh, hates you right now. That text, oh, yeah. text line hates you. Oh yeah, on the uh, Adams Co Roofing text line, you can get in with your thoughts on my weather situation at six five four Roar six five four seven six two seven. Um, I let, let me ask this because you know Miami is one of the longer flights that we have. Um, it's about an hour 35, hour 40, something like that in the air, depending on, you know, weather patterns and things like that. It took about an hour 40 touch, uh, lift off to, uh, to touchdown. And I, I have very strict standards for what I watch on planes. Um, I don't watch a lot of comedies, Ben, because I have this idea that even though everybody's at headphone, got headphones on, if I'm laughing on the plane, that people are staring, and so I don't do that. But I did watch. It's a Netflix uh, movie. It's Jason Bateman, Rebecca Hall. Very good movie. It's like a psych thriller situation, 
And I realized that I'm also self-conscious when there are, like, jump scare parts in a movie, like when there were tense moments in a movie, Mm -hmm. that I feel like people saw me jump a mile. And that happened three different times on the plane. So I'm having to figure out, like, what – like, I'm not watching a rom-com for an hour and a half. I'd rather take a nap. What is your advice for – I got an hour and a half on a plane. Uh, What – like, what do you – what do you do on the longer plane rides that we take? Most of the plane rides that we take is not long enough for an actual movie, uh, so I don't have that problem very often. Correct. Thankfully. Uh, I do (laughs) – I have been known to download a movie. Okay, movie is an hour and 42 minutes. That means I need to start watching it as the team boards. I normally get on the plane before they get there. Uh, So I, I try to time it where it ends, you know, when we are landing. Um, with that said, I, I'm always, I always have a standby of some type of series. Maybe it is something I've never seen. Maybe it is a television sitcom that I didn't watch, uh, live and have, you know, always have that on, on standby. So that's, uh, that's, that would be my advice. So you are not at all you're not at all self-conscious about like if you just start laughing on the plane that people are staring. You have you you do not have that uh, issue. Listen, I travel with the men's team and it's uh you know, so there's probably different uh noises and discussions on that plane <laughs> versus what you're on. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I don't I don't ever think about that. I don't like I don't like movies that make me jump either uh you know i and you know what i'd rather watch those in a theater or in my home where it's not as immediate like the the jump parts i find myself leaning into the screen which makes it worse texture say they they like to sleep on a plane that's the other thing about the sitcom uh or some type of series and i do this at night when i have a hard time going to bed too i i like okay well i can watch this entire episode in 21 minutes and then four minutes in, I'm asleep. So you have, if that happens on a plane, you know, I always, re- I spend more time rewinding trying to yes. figure out where it is I fell asleep than actually watching. So I did that the last plane trip that we took, and I'm trying to think where we went. It was not a long trip, but I had one Seinfeld episode downloaded. And I dozed off twice in like a 30-minute period, and like it was in the middle of – so it couldn't have been for more than eight or ten minutes. I never did actually – fit. like I had to rewind and watch the whole thing. I literally spent the entire time watching small bits, falling asleep, rewinding it back to where I thought I had missed it, and then falling asleep again. And legit, when I got to the hotel, I just like started from scratch and watched the whole thing. So it was, it was just a uh, – it was a it, it was a, a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I, I would recommend the movie The Gift though. It's it's off of Netflix in two weeks and uh, it was it was it was pretty good. I was pretty the gift. Uh, I was pretty captivated. Yes, The Gift is the name of it's from like 2015. Uh, I and think I may have seen this. It was it was uh, it was very good, very good. Okay. Um, so how uh, where are you staying? Where are is the team in relation to? Uh, Coral Gables and the campus. So we rolled up into the parking lot, and from our parking lot, we could see baseball practice last Oh, night. wow. Okay, I've never yeah. stayed that close. So this is the thing about Miami. 
uh, I, Miami gets a bad rap because there are there's a couple of areas that are are not very good. I always get to, I, I've stayed many places there all over the city. Well, not all. You know, that's an enormous city. It's so spread out. Yes. Um, I've never had anything but positive experiences there ever. Oh, me too. We stayed in three or four different places. Yeah. This is the first time I've been at this hotel. And I the love one that it we there. Oh yeah. The the one that we normally stay at, there's like a mall right across the underpass that's got a ton of places to go. It's really nice. This, um, I was I was a little bit sketched out because the bus driver took a scenic route and we were we were not on main roads at all and I thought, What where in the heck are we going? But this this hotel, I mean, it's super nice. They had like some kind of party upstairs on the roof last night, and so there were like lots of people in the lobby and stuff. It was, it was, uh, it's definitely a spot, and it is really, really close to campus. So um, the, and I'm gonna tell you this: I've never been here for baseball. That is a beautiful looking facility um, that they have at Miami that Alex Rodriguez mm-hmm. uh, paid for. Um, that, I mean, that's, it's no secret why they're able to recruit at a very high level here. They've got access to ball players, but also, I mean, they've invested not just in the stadium itself, but you could see some of the, the ancillary facilities, the player support stuff. It's really, really, really good. And the arena is not far. Um, I think it's going to be, you know, two or three minutes, uh, drive, maybe a little more than that, depending on traffic. But, uh, I always like to stay really, really close to campus because, um, then I don't have to have my plane, uh, you know, I don't have, I don't have to have the situation on the plane where I'm trying to figure out what to do between the ride to, from the hotel to the arena. You just like, as soon as you get going, you stop and, uh, and, and that's it. Um, so that, that's where we are. It's, it's very, very close. And I gotta be honest, Ben, we're, there's a, there's a little bit of a, like, there's a, a little bit of a buzz today around campus. I get the, cause the weather's beautiful. A lot of people out walking, a lot of, you know, a lot of cars. People seem uh, pretty happy, and, you know, we're going to try to put a frown on that face uh, tonight as Clemson looks to take down Miami, a team that they should have beaten at home just a few weeks ago and lost to an overtime in one of the weirdest games that I've called from a flow standpoint. And uh, so we're excited to do that. Uh, 5.45 pregame, 6 o'clock tip tonight, and um, – I'll tell you what, you know, one thing I would have liked to have watched on the plane, at least for the first few minutes, is the uh, Clemson men's basketball game last night mm. that you were obviously at. And I want to get your thoughts on it. But first, a rare first segment phone call. I want to go to Drew because he called almost immediately uh, when we got on the air today. And I want to see what he has to say. 654 Roars a number on the phones. Uh, we have a jam-packed show. We're going to talk Clemson hoops in just a little bit. But Drew joins us here in this segment. What's up, Drew? Hey, what's going on, guys? How are y'all doing? Doing great, man. Thanks for getting in. Yes, sir. Uh, so I'm, I was actually just catching up on the uh, on the podcast from the other day when you guys had the uh, the president of the cheap seats on, and you yes. were I think you were telling him the story about your brother at Charleston Southern. So my brother in law actually played at Charleston Southern with your brother, and uh, yeah, I've, I've got many a horror stories about you know playing here and. I mean, he grew up as a big Clemson fan, so he just had to turn around. He's like, "Dude, I'm a Clemson fan. Chill out." Uh, you know what? I uh, I'll I'll never forget that as long as I live. And I, I really appreciated them giving him crap because, I mean, at that time, nobody knew who I was. Nobody knew who our family was uh, really, and so uh, so I mean, they were they 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 said. I mean, I gotta be honest. It was it was pretty funny stuff. Uh, not to my grandma, but to the rest of us. 
Uh, it was it was funny stuff. But the thing was, like, he didn't play right field. So I didn't think it was ever going to be an issue. And then he jogged out to right field. I, they were going to beat, like, I don't know, 15 or 16 to 1, something like that. And I was like, Lord. Uh, I was really hoping he would play left field or the infield where he didn't have to hear it. But uh, nonetheless. Now, th- those are – I'm sure there are lots of visiting players who have stories like that. That's pretty cool. Thank you, guys. Appreciate yeah, appreciate the phone call, Drew. Thanks very much, uh, Ben. Before we go to our uh, before we go to our first break, give me your. I mean, there's a lot to say. I jotted down a lot of notes from. I got to watch. Um, I got to watch a, a good bit of the first half on a bus coming here, and then almost the entirety of the second half uh, sitting in a hotel room. What was your main takeaway from the Florida State game last night? Tigers winning by forty. In an ACC game, uh, I'll give it to you, and then we'll have to we'll we'll have to go to break and and unpack it on the other side. I mm-hmm. uh, locked in. Can I go with that? Locked in. Yes, I love that, and we will talk about it more on the other side because I have some similar thoughts. Six five four roar is the number. Hour one continues. We're talking Clemson hoops. Big win last night. After this. At Charmin, we heard you shouldn't talk about going to the bathroom in public, so we decided to sing about it. When you're rolling Charmin, up your mouth on the party. This is most so roll it back, everybody. Charmin's irresistible soft and heavy nice. My grandpa's always stopped. It's our party Ultra Soft is irresistibly soft and more absorbent, so you can use less. Enjoy the go with Charmin. Shopping at Ingles is where it's at, right? If you're on the run or you don't have time to make a meal, a trip to your Ingles Deli is the best bet for fresh and prepared foods to go. They have everything you need for you and your team, whether at home or at the tailgate. How about a beautiful arrangement from the Ingles Floral Department to give a friend or a loved one a nice pick-me-up? Be sure to use that Ingles Advantage card because it saves you real money at the 24-hour Ingles Gas Express pumps. Did you know Ingles has a great choice of gluten-free products to choose from? Go to Ingles-Markets.com and you'll find a huge list of those gluten-free products. And remember Ingles, too, for your family's pharmacy needs, including vaccine and flu shots. American-owned with locations throughout the upstate. That's Ingles, where you'll always find low prices and you'll love the savings. Uncompromising quality, reliability, comfort, and safety. Toyota trucks, SUVs, and cars deliver those attributes, and you'll find them at South Carolina's oldest Toyota dealer, Ralph Hayes Toyota. Whether it's a pre-owned or new Toyota, Ralph Hayes Toyota delivers the goods. Built on their over 70 years as a family-owned dealership, see the -the state-of-the-art Ralph Hayes Toyota pre-owned store, as well as the flagship store in Anderson on Clemson Boulevard. Ralph Hayes Toyota. It's moving day, and Tiger Moving Company is here to help. Skip the headache. Hire the professionals with the right tools for your move. They're a clean-cut and reliable team, pack and assemble furniture seamlessly. So all you have to do is make yourself at home. To top this all off, they even start and stop the clock at your house, charging you a flat hourly rate. No rounding up. Call today at 908-9028 
or email tigermoving at gmail.com to make your next move with Tiger Moving Company. Everlawn Clemson offers independent living options like you've never seen before for adults 55 and older. Alleviate the burden of living at home with chef-prepared meals, transportation services, a fitness room, walking proximity to Patrick Square, and much more. No more cooking, cleaning, or upkeep of a traditional home. Luxury independent living that's all-inclusive with no long-term commitments. Now is your time to thrive with Everlawn. Call today for a free tour, 864-760-8968 and online at everlawnliving.com. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Hey friends, Don Munson here for Buff City Soap with the Hartwell Village Shopping Center in Clemson and the shops at Green Ridge in Greenville. Yes, Buff City Soap has delightfully scented plant-based soaps that are handmade daily, but they also have laundry soap, foaming hand soaps, shaving soaps, facial bar, beard care products, and all of the accessories to make your skin happy. Shop for yourself, shop for friends, family, or co-workers. Buff City has a soap for everyone and any occasion. Be sure to like on Facebook for updates and specials at Buff City Soap Greenville and Buff City Soap Clemson. Broadcasting live from the Upcountry Fiber Studios, this is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. Hey, if you bleed orange and purple, we're your flagship station for Clemson Athletics. You're listening to 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Only in America, folks. Where every day is game day. Continues out of bounds. William Quaggabush, Ben Milstead live, uh, multi-side show today from Miami, the Thesis Hotel, and the uh, Upcountry Fiber Studios. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. Uh, ben, let's talk Clemson and Florida State from last night. And let me, you, you talked about how they were locked in. I had written down, dialed in. So we're, we're on the same page. Um, and here's here's what I mean by that. I'm going to go back to uh, something that I talked about with Amanda Butler about three months ago. And it was, you know what, it was uh, it was two months ago. It was mid-December. And I was talking to her. This was, uh, this was before the recorder came on, and we were talking about the, the net rating. And we were talking about how 
basically the things that we discuss on the show ad nauseum that if you're a first-time listener, we can rehash, but if you're a long-time listener, you're like, please, God, no. Uh, the one thing, the, 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 the one, I, I just assume that's what everybody's, uh, that's what everybody's uh, approach is to this. Uh, the one thing that she was talking about was when you play a team that is significantly weaker than you in terms of that metric, then it does matter what your margin of victory is. You can't just win a game. You have to pummel a team. And it's hard to coach that way because you want to get, you know, you want to get your younger kids in a game. You want to get some different lineups in a game. You're still trying to learn information, especially early in the year. You're trying to learn information about your team and learn information about your program. At the same time, you understand that simply winning a game against a team whose net rating is not strong is not in and of itself going to help you. And so when I thought about this Florida State game and really this entire week for Clemson, uh, Clemson men's basketball, where you've got a Wednesday game at home against Florida State, which is a quad four game, and a uh, game at uh, Louisville on Saturday, which is also a quad four game, then you start thinking about, okay, well, just showing up and playing this game, we've talked about it. It would be better not to play Louisville than to play them unless you beat the ever-loving crap out of them. And this is – I'm going to go to a, a tweet that Tim Beret had earlier today that I think sort of encapsulates. I, I quote tweeted it. He says, for those of you who don't understand the net ratings, uh, Clemson beat number 220 Florida State by 40 last night at home, a quad four win. This morning, Clemson improved 13 places in the net to number 64. They say victory margin is not a factor. And the reason that's important is because in that conversation with Amanda Butler, she said to me, we know that your efficiency matters. We just don't know how much, so we can't take any chances. And so that, to me, is a perfect example of you, you have to know that efficiency numbers, points per possession and some sort of metric like Ken Palm or something like that, are baked into the formula because otherwise there's no reason that Clemson should have risen that much just by beating Florida State. It matters how many points you beat them by and what that game looks like. Mm. And I think that has hurt Clemson this year sometimes when they've gotten wins but they haven't looked good doing it or they haven't met some of the metric benchmarks that they probably should have uh, should have been meeting. But last night that came totally 180 degrees around and Clemson because they pummeled Florida State so thoroughly and because they were so locked in as they need to be uh, it actually ends up helping uh, a result that otherwise would not have does that make sense Ben what I'm talking about there well it doesn't make sense but I understand what you're saying yes um you know the thing that strikes me about it is that you are graded on something you being a, a basketball team you are graded on something that you don't know what it is you're being graded on. You know, coaches, if if margin of victory is still baked into the formula, and even though they say it's not, it obviously is. It obviously is. Otherwise, Clemson would have dropped last night in the rankings after beating a team by 150 uh, because of what their net was. How then does do coaches? I, I mean, that that just doesn't seem fair. I I'm going to judge you, uh, grade you, do a job performance review. Uh, my employer employer is going to do that on me, but he's not going to tell me what it is I'm being graded on. Right. You know, I, That's I, right. I mean, are you 
are are you grading me because I walk in the door at eight o'clock, or are you expecting me to walk in the door at seven fifty-five? You know, is, is this a situation where uh, on time is late? You see what I'm like? I don't know. That yes. just doesn't seem right. And I remember us using North Carolina at Louisville as an example of how stupid it was back on January fourteenth, where and you know you just kind of re- alluded to this where. North Carolina goes to Louisville, beats them by 21 points, and uh, fell in the net. Fell in the net after beating them by 21 points. And I I want to say they dropped like eight points at the time, eight spots. And that was on the road. Clemson beats Florida State by 100 last night at home and goes up as if they just beat somebody like ranked in the top ten. I yes, I, that's what that's what is puzzling to me. Like if Clemson goes to NC State and were to win on the road, I would not expect them to go up to to jump more than thirteen, fourteen spots. I mean, to me, that would be a big jump. And you do that because you beat the snot out of Florida State last night. I, it, it's just puzzling. It is puzzling. And there might be some people out there because, honestly, I had this internal struggle this morning. Uh, you know, what is the actual lead of this game? I think the, you know, I, I actually think this is the lead of the game because we are now in mid-February. And we are coming off of a, a you know, couple-week span where Clemson hasn't played as well and then the you know they did play better against Miami and still lost the game so you know it was you needed to play well and that's good um Brad Brownell you know I I watched his post-game press conference this morning and the thing that jumped out to me was that he was not um he he praised his team but he was not over the top uh, he didn't say it was their best performance of the season. He just said, I'm proud of my team. They played well. They needed to play well. They were efficient. Their activity defensively was good. But he was not over the top in his praise of his team. And so rather than pretending that it was the greatest performance all year, you just go to what it means. And what it means, Ben, is from my standpoint, it becomes a much easier conversation to talk about Clemson in the NCAA tournament right now than it did you know, 24 hours ago. And I'm not saying that I would have had him out, but I do think that if you're in the top 75, if somebody can go to your gym and win and be a quad one win, then you look more palatable to the NCAA tournament committee. And when you're 64 instead of 74, that just looks a heck of a lot better. Now, I, I would I would also say that you're not going to do that if you don't play well. And I thought Clemson played fantastic last night. I, I thought that the... As Brad Bannell said, I thought the activity level and the rotations defensively were very good. Um, I thought one of the benefits last night, and you'll have to give me the in-person because sometimes you can pick up some different stuff on TV and sometimes it's not quite as good in this way. I felt like Florida State showed up for basically this premise, and they, they were going to play the game under this premise. If we can play harder than them playing normally – and if we can see the ball going in, then this will be fine. But we're not going to overexert if things aren't going great. And I felt like because Clemson came out on fire defensively 
and because they saw the ball go in the basket early and they got some high lows and they got some really good looks for P.J., got them going early, and Chase was very good, then I felt like they really took the will of Florida State, really more so from their effort than anything else. Is that kind of, um, is that kind of what you saw in person last night? Yeah, probably so. Um, now, from we should mention we've kind of buried the lead here. Uh, Clemson did win 94-54. And uh, a 40-point victory, uh, largest ever in an ACC regular season game. Uh, just an all-around, all-around dominant performance. Uh, Florida State did not have their leading scorer, Matthew Cleveland. He uh, I, back spasms, I think, is what was reported. I, uh, you know, heard something about that before the game. I pull up Florida State's roster. I start looking at who they have available. And, you know, and I just had this feeling that it was going to be a blowout last night. Um, I, I started thinking about the matchups in my mind and what that game looked like in Tallahassee, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And, and I just, I was just overly confident that Clemson was going to win the game. And you know what? Uh, that was reflected in your because I'm looking at your picks right now, mm-hmm. and you threw. You can do a a a, 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 a I guess a post game Reggie Merriweather on this. You put a hundred bucks on Clemson minus nine and a half last night, and I mean just flat out nailed it, my friend. That's, oh, a, pick. that's a pick. Uh, pretty dang good, right there. Yeah, I'm you know. You. I had a little insider information there about the injury. For a brief moment, I felt guilty, and then I then I didn't. <laughs> then I didn't. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, though, nine and a half was not that. I mean, if you look at some of the metrics, uh, I think Ken Palm had it like a twelve or thirteen point game. Sagarin had it a similar way. So you could totally see somebody looking at those, going, "Well, if if they're saying you know low to mid double digits." And this is nine and a half. You might lay those points, even if you didn't know about Cleveland. Yeah. So I'm I'm okay with that. And that information had already was already leaking out on Twitter. And just for those that are tuning in, kind of new to the show, we do not do this with real money. We are not talking about uh, true gambling. This is a gentleman's uh, game between the two of us. We do not in any way have anything truly on the line here so just wanted to wanted to clarify that uh, correct it did correct just for fun and to see kind of see where where we're confident and where we're not confident in in picks uh i was very confident in in clemson taking care of business last night and it's not i do think you're at the point in the season where a win is a win but I felt like you needed you didn't need to have a close game last night. I felt like this team didn't need another game where they get out to a big lead in the first 10 minutes, and then you kind of let the team back in it. Uh, I, I felt like from a confidence standpoint, you needed to put them away early and then never let up, which is exactly what they did. And, you know, from a complete game against a – a true opponent, it was as complete as they have played all year. I I agree, um, and I I felt like it was the first time since the Florida State game uh, there in Tallahassee 
that Chase Hunter looked like his old self. In fact, I would argue he had a better game last night than he did in Tallahassee because that looked more like Chase Hunter from November. That we were marveling not just the way he was shooting the ball, but he was two for three from three, and he had been really, really struggling from the three-point line in ACC play. But he had six assists to one turnover last night. And that, remember, we we have not talked about that in a while because those numbers have, have gone in opposite directions. But we were talking about the significant assist-to-turnover ratio he had for almost the entire month of November. Every single game, he was like five to two, six to one, six to zero. Like, it was every single game. And we actually talked about off-air yesterday, the, the ball movement of this team has seemed to regress a little bit over the course of the season. There's been more isolation and more kind of standing and waiting on post position and some slower ball reversals and things like that. Whereas this team looked to be an elite passing team earlier in the year. You saw much more of that last night where they had 18 assists on 35 made baskets. They shot 60% from the floor and they made some toughies bend, but I felt like they, they created easy shots for the majority of the game they made like 70 percent of twos because a lot of the two-point shots they had were layups and they were uncontested layups or layups that you know the defender's on your hip and you're just able to turn and even if there's a little contact you're able to finish i felt like it was the most it was the best offensive performance holistically that i've seen maybe since mid-december from this team is that is that fair am i missing one in acc play somewhere uh, I have to go back and and remind myself of those games, but I, you know the, you had some some real complete games in the non conference. Um, I'm not so sure that I remember one better than the Wake Forest game at at, at Little John was a was a really good complete game. Uh, that's one that stands out. But last night. Chase Hunter, for, let me start here, uh, and we'll, Jamie and others will get to you on the other side here of the break. Chase Hunter was plus 45 in the, pl- in the, in the plus-minus category. Wow. And so for people who don't know, it's Clemson earned, gained 45 points more than Florida State when he is in the game. I don't remember ever seeing a player in conference play have a plus 45 in the plus minus. Now, part of that's the reason that 40-point wins are rare. So you don't have an opportunity to have such a plus minus. But plus 45 is incredible. Um, You know, we talked on and off the air that I felt like Chase played like he was – more tired than than you realized, and I I want to ask Coach Brownell about this when I get an opportunity to. But uh, I think it was Tim Bray pointed out last night that uh, who was it uh, that uh, oh that Brevin Galloway was bringing the ball up the court more than what we remembered. And, you know, Florida State, they're trying to get you out of your rhythm shot clock-wise. They're, they want you to burn seven or eight seconds just getting it across half court so that you have less time to set up your offense. So they, they put a lot of pressure on you. Chase uh, is the guy there a lot of times. And I don't know if it's just because of the pressure that you had to pass the ball 
or if that was by design. But whatever the reason, it's I, I couldn't help but wonder if they if he was trying to protect Chase and his energy a little bit by helping him in that way. Does that make sense? Yes, and I, you know what that that is an interesting that is an interesting observation. I want to talk about that and what it potentially means after this. Six five four roars a number. You want to join us on the phones or on the Adams Co Roofing text line. Hour one of the program continues. We'll take a phone call or two after this. Check out the press box with Brad and John every weekday morning from nine to noon here on the Roar. Brad and John will get you caught up on all things college football from Group of Five to Power Five, Clemson football coaching carousel and more brad and john also keep you up to date with everything in college athletics as well as the atlanta braves check it out each morning on 105.5 and 97.5 fm or tune in on our app or website theroarfm.com one day your honda acura lexus or toyota is going to need an oil change and there's that question where do i take it before you make that decision ask yourself what you're getting do they test drive your vehicle do they rotate your tires? Do they glance at the brakes? Or remove the tires and provide an exact measurement of your brake pads? What about suspension? Fluids? At First Class Halt, an oil change means so much more than routine maintenance. Come experience the difference. Firstclasshalt.com, your dealership alternative in Anderson and Greenville. This is for the men who never settle. The ones who believe only quitters and a game and a tie. The type of guys who choose the bar with the biggest TVs to overcompensate for theirs at home. This is the Lodge mentality. This is Twin Peaks. For over 70 years, Ralph Hayes Toyota has been treating customers so well, you'd think they were part of the family. Members of our Family Promise program who buy a new Toyota will enjoy perks like lifetime nitro on tires, gas fill-up, lifestyle test drives, and three years no-cost maintenance. It's part of our pledge to give our customers the best new car buying experience. Ralph Hayes Toyota, Clemson Boulevard, Anderson. With the two for five dollars mix and match of Bojangles, you choose between sausage and egg, country ham, and southern gravy biscuits, all scratch made. It's bow time. Again today, sitting with our good friend Gary Mahaffey of Insurance for Seniors and Disabled. Gary, listener asked, Walt, I did not get done what I needed to get done on Medicare during annual enrollment. Is it possible that I have one of those special election periods that I hear you and Gary discussing? Very good question, listener, and do not feel like the Lone Ranger if you did not get done what you needed to during annual enrollment. The simple answer is a strong maybe. Medicare has over 100 special election periods, and it's very possible that you qualify for one or more. Give me a call, and we will get into more detail. 864-307-8484. There you go, listener. You may have a strong possibility of SEP, Special Election Period. Just call Gary at 864-307-8484. And remember that Gary will shepherd you through Medicare in the unlikely event that he does not represent a company plan that you're interested in. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. 
the needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. 105.5 and 97.5. We are the Roar. Where every day is game game day. Or Clemson Hoopstalk here in hour one, out of bounds. William Quaggenbush, Ben Milstead. Let's go to the phones now. Jamie patiently waited through the break. 654 Roar is the number, and he joins us right now. What's up, Jamie? What's up, Quag? What's up, Ben? Listen, I'm uh, I'm learning still about basketball and the net rankings and all that. And I think, personally, I think you need to throw the net rankings away. I think they're a bunch of hogwash. But tell me something. All right. We had six games left. We won the first one. We've got five left. If we go four and two, at at least they beat beat Syracuse, beat Notre Dame, and beat Louisville. And we've already beat Florida State. Are we are we going to be in a position to where we have to win a game in the NCAA tournament, or or do you think we'll get in without winning one? Uh, I, you know it. It's hard to say because you're still you're still dependent on a lot of context there. Um, you know, what if other teams that are on the bubble or other teams tank around the country? You know, what does the bubble look like? How do you play? I mean, to me, a Clemson team right. that's sitting at 77 in the net is very different in terms of a, a, a you know a bubble contender than a team that's 64 in the net. You can put 64 in 77. You better have some really strong other metrics. Um, I would also well, say this what? in the in the ten year history of the expanded ACC, nobody that's gotten a double bye has been excluded from the NCAA tournament, and that included a couple right. of teams that some would have considered bubble teams. Now I'm also going to say this: right. I feel like the best way to guarantee you go you get in is to win a game in the ACC tournament. I think that really really helps you. Um, well, and so win. I would just say win. you go four and two, you win a game in the I guess three and two in the remaining five. You win a game in the in the uh, in the ACC tournament. You're feeling pretty good about that, and um, I would say if you go five and one in the regular season, then you shouldn't even be. We shouldn't be having a bubble conversation at that point. Right, right. Well, I'll tell you this. To me, and y'all might disagree or agree, but to me, this was the second best performance under Brad Brownell, other than maybe Auburn, simply because of where Auburn was. You know, as Auburn was an NCAA tournament game, but other than that, that last night was my second best performance that I think they've had under Brownell as far as a complete game. You know, that that certainly could be the case, Jamie. I appreciate the phone call. Thank you. It was definitely up there um, yeah. in, in terms of completeness. I wouldn't put it in I wouldn't put it in that category. That that Auburn game sent you to the Sweet 16. You were a pretty significant underdog going into that game. Um, and I mean, you had no business winning that game in the fashion that you did that that Auburn game. That is, I, I, I mean, I, I know that the scoreboard looks great and winning by forty, but I would tell you that there that Clemson has played better in games that they actually might have played better in games that they've lost at times. Quack, uh, I mean, Florida State was not good last night. I, I think. 
I mean, here's kind of what maybe not lost, but like you think about the Miami game uh, last week. I thought Clemson played pretty good in that game. Yes, against a far better opponent than what Florida State gave you last night, and you know, you probably played better last night. But maybe my point is the gap's not as wide as maybe you think it is in terms of the way you played. No, I would agree with that. And you know, we we got a text that was asking about you know what you know what's going on with Leonard Hamilton. He seemed sort of. Uh, sort of uh, distant and wasn't coaching super hard. And another texter points out, you know, as you said, there's no Matthew Cleveland. Uh, that's her leading score. I, I, you know, I still think Florida State is more talented than what they showed last night, but that's that's a team that's been, you know, it's been beaten down. It's it's They're an A-win team. They've been beaten down all year. And um, you could you could just see that it was not a team that was willing to fight as hard as they needed to fight to win a game against a team that was fully engaged. And you give Clemson credit for being fully engaged. I've said before, um, you know, I've, I've had to answer this question a, a few times this, over the past couple of weeks. You know, why does it seem like teams go off against Clemson? Or, you know, I've, I've had that question about a, a couple other teams, too, just in, like, text conversations. And the thing I always say is that sometimes that stuff becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy in that, you know, let's say, for instance, North Carolina. It's possible North Carolina scouted Clemson and saw something and said that will be those shots will be there for you if you want to knock them down. And so shooters expect to see those shots in the game. They prepare to get those shots in the game. They think before they show up in the gym they're going to make those shots in the game, and then they make them. And when you're a team like Virginia, let's say, that has a years-long standard of being excellent defensively, a lot of times, maybe you don't come into the game with that level of confidence. So there, there is something to showing up and playing in a way, especially early in the game, that it discourages teams from, you know, from, from getting comfortable in the gym. I felt like the way Clemson played early in the game kept Florida State from getting comfortable from the jump. And they were not a team that was going to work to get comfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm also going to say this. I I felt like Florida State, just fundamentally, there were things that you normally see from Florida State that they just did not do. I felt like their defense against dribble penetration was as poor as I've ever seen it. And Clemson took full advantage of that. They let guys get baseline on them like crazy. Uh, they let high-low passes get to, to their receivers at a greater rate than I've seen it. Even a lot of times this year, I've seen them better than that. And so you you – you do have to address that, as you're talking about. Um, but at the same time, I feel like Clemson very easily could have shown up in the game and not taken advantage of a lot of that stuff. So you got to give Clemson some credit for that, too, I think, Ben. Yeah, and you Clemson, the biggest thing for me, Quack, was that they they did not, they never let Florida State back in the game. And yes. that happens in basketball now where, I mean, and, it, and it, that doesn't matter who your opponent is. When a team gets down big, then they start playing looser. They start shooting threes, and you know there's no pressure on you, right? I mean, you're you're getting blown out, um, and then it's easy for the team with the big lead to let down. You see that you see that in all levels of basketball right now. That and that's something that Clemson has been guilty of letting teams back in. Sometimes they did not last night. Um, the other thing is. You know the the effort and the focus that they had is really not driven by how well or poorly your opponent played. 
and I just felt like they were locked in. You and I talked about, uh, I think it was more off the air, about how well this team seemed to pass the ball early in the season, and I don't think they have very well in the last couple of weeks. I, I had gone back and looked at like notes I'd made from games early in the year, and that was one of the things that I felt was a strength, that you handled the ball well around the rim, especially passing to one another. You, you pass the ball like a veteran team, and I haven't written that down in a long time. Last night, they kind of got back to that. And you saw that little pass over the top that where your baseline guy uh, brought the defender out and then made some space and backed off of him. And perimeter guys were able to, to get that pass over the top and give, you, give your big men the ball in shootable positions. It was so important. It's... Uh, Part of the reason that P.J. Hall was 8 for 10 for 20 points last night. Uh, I mean, he was 5 for 5 at halftime, Quag. Uh, Chase Hunter had knocked down 6 of 7 at halftime, and, and his only miss was one right at the buzzer uh, to go into the locker room. I mean, when, when Chase Hunter and P.J. Hall are that efficient with the basketball, you are going to win, and most of the time you're going to win big. Uh, you have to have those guys, and they played – they played just great, great basketball. I agree, and I'll tell you this. I felt like when you mentioned that they didn't let up, they didn't let Florida State back in the game, I thought the the reserves had some fantastic contributions last night to keep the pedal to the floor. And just to underscore the point, Clemson outscored Florida State in the first half. What was it, 47-26? Uh, 47-26 and, and then 47-28. That, that to me, that that's one of the hardest things to do mm-hmm. in basketball, I think, is to not give back points when you go in the locker room up 20-plus, especially when it's an overmatched team. But the way that you do that is not necessarily dictated by the starters, even though they're still playing. The way that you do that is dictated by the guys who are going to get the lion's share of the minutes in the second half, which were some of those bench guys. It was Josh Beadle. It was Chauncey Wiggins. It was R.J. Godfrey who... I felt like it wasn't his best performance, but had some good moments. It was Hemingway uh, with a three off the bench. It was Dylan Hunter with some good defensive work, had three rebounds and two assists with only one turnover last night. It was all of those guys giving contributions and allowing somebody like Hunter Tyson to go for sort of a, a, a normal 10 and 8 or, you know, giving Chase Hunter a break. He only played, uh, I mean, 28 minutes a lot, but. He, he had been playing in the mid to high 30s, so mm-hmm. he gets a few minutes off the floor last night. P.J. Hall, who still is probably, you know, he, he probably needs a little bit of rest in a game like this. He plays 22 minutes. You don't need those guys because the bench, when they go in, is not hemorrhaging points. And I want to go back. You, you made a great point about, um, about Chase Hunter being plus 45 in a game. If you look across the board – there were some bench guys that put up big numbers like that, too. Ben Middlebrooks, plus 16. Alex Hemingway, plus 18. Chauncey Wiggins, plus 16. Josh Beadle, plus 19. If those guys are 0, minus 2, minus 4, minus 6, something like that, then your starters don't get a break because coaches are not just going to let the other team, you know, get back in the game by playing backups necessarily. So I give those guys a lot of credit, too, for creating an environment that allows some rest and allows th- those guys to feel some good vibes and to put some good stuff on film and to 
you know, to feel good about themselves going into Louisville because I, I feel like that could be just as important for the further development of the program as even maybe getting Chase uh, going again last night. Adam Tico Roofing Text Line Texture says, uh, the ball went in the basket. That was the difference. You know, sometimes the simplest thing is the most important thing, and Texture's exactly right. Clemson scored on their first six possessions last night, and it set the tone early. You score uh, 63% of the time that you have the ball. Florida State scored 39% of the time they had the ball. Uh, you did. You shot 60.3% from the field, 48% from three-point line. Uh, you're going to win games. I mean, sometimes it's just <laughs> the ball went in the basket. And, you know, Chase, back to Chase for a minute, because I, I really think he uh, – I mean, PJ, it's hard to it's hard to decide whose contribution was bigger. So I'm just going to say it was a tie. Uh, I mean, PJ knocked the four for four from three point line. Your big man is is four for four from three. You're going to win when that happens. But but Chase hit that mid range that he is so good has been so good at. And last couple of weeks, that shot you know it gets there, but it just doesn't fall. Last night, that shot fell, and when he drives and they slack off of him, he's going to pull up and take that shot. And then back to the passing, man. He, he did a good job of finding the open guy and making the extra pass last night. Uh, you you took quality shots and hit quality shots. Yes, and it took all of that uh, to come up with – uh, a, a big win. One other stat that I'll leave you with before we get to the top of the hour, and uh, Morgan Coleman, and we'll go back to the phones as well. Uh, only four times going into last night had Clemson ever beaten an ACC team by 30 or more points in history, decades of history in the ACC, and they did it last night. Clemson rarely shoots 60% from the floor against anybody. They've only done it. Uh, I'm not sure they've done it uh, all season. I think they were like 54, 55, 56% one time. Um, but uh, they, they've not done that all year long. So those are two historically significant notes of a lot of historically significant notes that they hit last night. Hour one is in the books. Hour two more nonsense next. WCCP FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville, Anderson, WAHT AM 1560, Cowpens, 97.5, Spartanburg. We are the Roar. Gilstrap Roofing has an experienced team that specializes in shingle, metal, and flat roofs for residential, commercial, and industrial companies.